And hello, everybody. The song that you're listening to is The Imperial March by John Williams. And it is in The Empire Strikes Back from Star Wars. <laughs> Hope everybody's enjoying this song, this tune, this catchy foreboding tune. <laughs> On today's episode, um, we actually have a special guest, Chris Kennedy, yeah, with yeah. us from uh, Glorious Eye Candy. He's an independent filmmaker. Um, and today we went over uh, a movie review. Well, actually, Chris went over a movie review of uh, Star Trek Beyond. We went, our, we went over our throwback flicks of the week, which were The Mighty Boosh, Nickelodeon's The Splat, and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Um, we went over some movie news. We talked a little bit about uh, Glorious Eye Candy. And we finished the podcast off with our top five favorite film villains. Yep. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and YouTube. We're listed under We Seen It. Yeah. On Facebook and Twitter, we are listed under We underscore Seen underscore It. And be sure to check out Glorious Eye Candy on YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. And um, well, just to let you guys know, next week's episode is going to be about uh, war movies, right? Top five war films. Yeah, so if you guys can just uh, write in the comments, write on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, what's your top five war movies, or just your your number one war movie or TV show, I guess, because there are some war TV shows like Mash. Uh, when I was a little kid, when I used to watch that, that means that it's time to go to sleep. But <laughs> if you want to talk about that, that's fine by me. Uh, we'll give you a mention inside. Uh, the actual episode and stay tuned for when we're going to a lot of their comics and we're going to talk to the people over there yeah august 19th we're going to be streaming live from lauderdale comics yep. and it's going to be a special comic book movie episode yeah so you can get into that uh everybody take it easy keep it sleazy Yes, and welcome to We Synced It. We Synced It. This is a podcast where we focus on movies, TV, and all the entertainment in between. I am Pat. And I'm Kev. Yes, and today we have a special guest, Chris. Yo, what's up, what's up? Yeah, um, we know Chris by... Through association yeah, through, through association by school <laughs> and other friends. Um, Chris, you could tell us a little something about yourself. What is it that you do? I'm a cinematographer and still photographer. Yeah. And those stills that he be taking are the real deal. The real deal. And for those who don't know, um, we actually have a kind of like a side project. Um, you guys can check it out on Facebook and on YouTube. This is a group of us, um, including three other guys. Or four, I should say. Four other... Four... Three and a half. Three and a half. Um, (laughs) Called Glorious Eye Candy. Um, When you guys have a chance, please check it out on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, To sum it up, it's basically just Legos being blown up in extremely cinematic 
slow motion. Yeah. In glorious fashion. In glorious fashion. But we'll get into the glorious eye candy later. Uh, Chris, how are you doing, man? Oh, hanging in there. It's another day in paradise. That's what's up, man. So Chris was actually able to see um, a new movie that came out recently, uh, Star Trek Beyond, which was directed by uh, Justin Lin. Me and Pat still haven't had the opportunity of watching it yet, so we're actually going to hand over the mic over to Chris and let him review the movie. What do you, what do you think about it, Chris? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun movie. It captured a lot of what the the first two movies established. Um, didn't really build upon anything. It was just the same stuff, which really helped make that franchise, I wouldn't say successful, but just fun to watch. All right. And uh, for our listeners, we are going to throw in a little uh, spoiler alert for this review. Um, Chris, do you think um, this movie had a different feel compared to the first two that J.J. Abrams directed? As far as story and character, not really. I felt like, visually speaking, it, it was pretty similar with the exception of very few anamorphic lens flares. Mm. I mean, the based off of the trailer, I mean, uh, the music that they were using is pretty cool. They used the... Uh, it was another it was another Beastie, Beastie Boys, Boys right? Mm. Just oh, like they, the first two. Oh, they did. oh never mind. Yeah, J.J. Abrams <laughs> used Beastie Boys in the first two because he's a really big fan of Beastie Boys. You know, I don't think Justin Lin is a Beastie Boys fan. He doesn't take me as a Beastie Boys fan. How old is he? Like 25 or something? Justin Lin? What? Oh. Wow. So he, what, he was like a 19-year-old when he did Fast? No, he's like in his Fast 40s. Movies? No way. He's in his 40s? Yeah. Something like that. He, he has to be. You know what? I'm thinking about Wikipedia that. I'm thinking about Jeremy Lin. My mistake. My mistake. You're thinking of who? Jeremy Lin, the basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. I take that back. That was a different Lin. Yeah, different Lin. Oh, All right. Yeah. And um, anything different about the characters? Did you feel like um, like their story arcs have changed a little bit? Do you feel like the uh, like about what about Kirk? You know, is he more mature in this film? Is he like more like the original Kirk? He seems more like he's definitely more matured, not like the trigger-happy, just arrogant guy that we were introduced with in the first film. But definitely, mm-hmm. you can tell like a lot of he took a lot of responsibility on this mission, um, just with what was happening to his crew because his crew is being taken by the villain. Okay. Oh. And out of these, out of these movies that just came out, so Beyond, Into Darkness, the first one, um, if you had to rate them favorite to le- uh, least favorite, how would you rank them? Uh, the first was my favorite, then this would be my number two, and the second one would probably be my least favorite, just mainly because of the marketing, with how that was sent. I was yeah, I didn't see that many, uh, like, I think the marketing on this third one, it wasn't as much as it was on the second, nor the third, oh, nor the first one. This one was just like, it was just enough, it's not too much in your face. Uh, they weren't popping up when you're on a website, and then you just see, like, something just pop up, so you have the click it or just ignore it or something well i kind of meant marketing as far as with the second one like mm-hmm. everyone is saying no no he's not it's not con and yet lo and behold it's when you watch the movie it's con it's like so why are you telling us for all this time no it's not oh i didn't and even know they did that it's kind of like how they did the island like in my opinion that movie was great uh-huh. but how they marketed it it's like it was almost like crimson's peak it wasn't really like what they were pushing down your sleeves like hey come watch this movie and it's like it's nothing like that mm-hmm all right island uh the michael bay michael movie. bay movie that's bay what's up scar joe that's all i need to know yeah she hmm. was in that movie in her prime <laughs> all right so that was our uh review for star trek let us know what you think um send us your comments 
uh, send us your reviews. You can post it on Facebook or you can just uh, message us directly um, on the page and let us know what you think. We'll definitely mention it on the next episode. Um, now for our throwback flicks of the week. Um, who wants to go first? Um, I'll go first. Uh, you know what? Let's let our guests go first. We'll let our guests go first. Uh, Chris, if you would like to go first, you have at it, man. You have the floor, dude. Uh-oh. I guess my throwback would be uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yeah. So uh, 1939, right. so that's quite quite a throwback right there. Yeah, that's the most vintage we have. <laughs> and uh, tell us about the movie. What, what do you like about it? It's just a good, fun movie that anybody could watch, no matter how old you are. And the thing I like about most about that film is how relevant it is today compared to when it came out. It's about like an everyday person, like any of us, and we get, like gets up. It's Jimmy Stewart, who's, which is the main character, and he gets his state's honorary appointment to be senator. So he goes to Washington to represent his state, and he just goes against the typical big business powers that would be, you know, they have their agenda and he gets caught up in the middle of that and as opposed to most people still to this day being caught up in that he fights against it and it's like your it's your typical frank capra movie it's just an everyday person defying the corruption and evil and standing up for what's right all right that's cool very very relevant story um especially with what's going on right now with the with the campaigns and the election process uh what about you pat um my throwback is a tv show that came out in uh, 2003, it's called uh, The Mighty Boosh. Uh, it's a fantasy comedy musical. It's, uh, it's, it's in Britain, and it's about two guys who are, uh, who are like, well, they work at a zoo, and they just go through these, uh, they just go through these magical events that happen because they, apparently there's a genie or some type of, some type of Arabian guy who's not really Arabian looking, just look like just another white guy who's just wearing a, a turban. I think that's what they call it—a turban on his head. <laughs> and uh, it's quite funny. It's a funny show. The music is a. Uh, sometimes they, you know, they sometimes it's a hit, sometimes a miss, but for the most part, it's definitely a, a hit. Um, the first season is them working at a zoo, and after that, I guess they must have just just changed gears and they just started it's like them trying to make a musical career out of themselves and they just play off of many things uh one point they were trying to play off of uh uh jazz music and there was an episode that they were uh one of them was really into jazz and the other one was really into music that's like david bowie and uh daft punk so you see that they they uh collabed and they made both of those they made a one song that was basically jazz music and David Bowie with uh, Daft Punk, and that song was pretty fucking tight. I can't really remember how the song went, but uh, I remember uh, you know tapping my toes to it, man. It's a it's a pretty cool show. Everybody should check it out. It's on Amazon. It's on uh, CISO. It's an app on Amazon. I think it's like three dollars and some some change a month, and it's nothing but pure comedy on that uh on that app. So check it out. Nice. Uh, my throwback is actually a block of uh, television shows. It's a new block. Some of you might have uh, heard about it. It was all over the internet when, when they announced it. It's called The Splat, which takes place on um, the Team Nick channel every night at 10 p.m. It's a block of like the old school 90s shows that we liked from all that 
Rugrats, Family Double Dare, Legends of the Hidden Temple, like all the old school shows that we grew up with. Um, yeah, know. even that's vintage. <laughs> even that's vintage. <laughs> My apartment's talking to me. It's trying to tell me something. Um, Speaking of Le- Legend of the uh, Hidden Temple, they're actually making a movie. Yeah, I saw that. that. You posted that on the Facebook page. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of the movie, but uh, I just thought that everybody should be everybody should be shocked and appalled by the same <laughs> thing that I'm shocked and appalled about. Because uh, I saw it when I first saw it. I'm like, I really turn this into a movie. I'm like, okay, you know, it might work. Is it going to be like a a game show? They know it's real. But then I saw the acting, and I was like, this is terrible. This is terrible. It's, it's made- when you realize that it's a like a kids movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's where they get me. I was like, oh, but they need to bring back those game shows, man. Yes, because badly. If I know one of the biggest things about this country is that oh, uh, child obesity is becoming like this epidemic. Why wouldn't you bring back these like physical shows that push kids? Because the kids are too fat to do it. <laughs> that's why. Man. Which will make it even more funnier. <laughs> Because then it'll be like, oh man! But like, what was awesome about that show is that it was educational and physical. Yeah. Like the obstacle course at the end was badass. Yo, when you told me about the splat, right? I changed, the, I turned the channel into, uh, you know, to Team Nick. And one of the questions, I was like, who the fuck knows this answer? <laughs> I'm like, nobody knows this shit. And the, it was like, oh, oh, what was the question? Uh, who is the? What's the highest you can become? What's the highest rank you can become in the U.S. Uh, military? Watch Chris tell me. <laughs> Well, it depends. Uh, there's like we used to have five, like five star generals and like general of the army. You, you know what I mean? That's we, we used guy... we used to, but we don't do that anymore. It goes up to four stars now. Yeah. Okay. That you, you know what you just said? The five star. That's what the kids said, and that's the question. I was like, who the fuck knows that off the tip of their goddamn head, man? Apparently, I do. But these kids are like nine. Yo, but the kids said he said, oh, yo, he raised his hand and he was like so like like yeah he knew the answer he said oh five star general the u.s okay. army and the guy said oh no it's not what we were looking for was just the general of the army and i'm like he basically got the answer right he just put the five star but they didn't give it to him man and i was like whatever man they probably had to save money they didn't want to give him the cash they were like jesus yeah Christ. you'd have to ask for clarification about yeah. what decade or time it was just too much don't do man. that anymore I'm like, man i don't know the answer man no but it was cool i was watching this last night and um they were giving like old episodes of uh, Family Double Dare, which was like a really fun show. But I realized, yo, the cash prizes were really low on oh, that show, yes, man. Oh, like these yes. families would go home with like three hundred dollars. Oh yeah. And like they were so happy, they were like jumping up and down for it. I'm like, really? That's okay. I guess you were on TV. That's like the special part of it. Yeah, but um, it, it's funny because I saw um, there was one episode. The first episode that I saw as soon as I put the channel is it was two families going at it, and then. The captains of the teams uh-huh. was actually a celebrity. So they had the daughter from Family Matters as the captain of one. And then Will Wheaton, who was an actor on Star Trek. I forgot which of the Star Trek shows was the captain of the other team. And then they did the obstacle course at the end. And for the first time, they actually had a really cool game, a grand prize. Like As you go along the obstacle course, you get like small prizes. If you make it all the way to the end before the time goes out, then you get like the grand prize. The grand prize was a brand new car. But it was like the shittiest, like looking station wagon. It looked like something from like the Chevy Chase vacation oh, movies, no. like that. It was like really oh bad. My God. Was it that green color too? It wasn't green. It was more gray. But it was like that but style of station wood, wagon. It had wood grain on it. Yeah, it oh, had the wood grain no. on it, and um, the family made it all the way 
but they didn't finish the obstacle course. So they got all the prizes except the car. That could be a good um, thing, though. <laughs> but still, though, man, to get a car was, like, a big deal because I think the cash that they took home was, like, $300, so it was nothing. So getting a car out of it would have been okay. How much did it cost to go to Disney World or uh, Universal back in the, like, in the 90s? Dude, it was really expensive. Like, really? it's expensive well, it's not now. Like it is now. Like, no, well, I mean, if you, you know, you, you, it's like you throw in inflation, but I'm saying, like, back then... Like, like, like right now, theme parks are so saturated. Like, they're everywhere, so it's not a big deal. But, like, back then, Universal was, like, such a brand new park. And it was considered, like, state-of-the-art. So, I'm, I can imagine it would have been, like, m- way more expensive than it is compared to now. I think you know, it was, like, 80 bucks for U.S. For Florida residents. I think it was, like, 80 bucks. Yeah, now <laughs> it's, like, 100. Yeah, it's, like, 100. 125. It's not include parking. <laughs> yeah, that's not including parking. So, you're going to yeah. spend, like, $200 just... And that's just for one person. Mind you, usually when you go into a park, you don't just spend the money on just one person. You spend it on, like, either you and somebody or you spend it on, like, a group. So just to get your foot in the door, you're going to be spending, like, I'm, I'm thinking six, $700. Would well, that be including, like, the, the speed passes? Because oh, oh, that, that is that is a need like right now. It is, it is ridiculous without them. That. That's, like, another $80. It's, like, double person. ticket. Yeah. Oh, so we're in the thousands then. We're in the thousands, <laughs> man. Off rip, you're spending that much. Um, but you know what's fun? I guess it's just the experience. <laughs> yeah, some of no, those Universal's prizes, like heaven for me. I love Universal. Just thinking about it, some of those prizes that were on that show. There was one that uh, that I saw and I was like, man, I would not want that 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 uh, that prize. But as a little kid, I would. It was a metal detector. <laughs> it was a metal. It was a, oh, state of the art metal detector with uh, a fine tuning. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, man, I would not. I'll be so pissed off about these prizes. <laughs> but as a little kid, I'm like, oh, all right. I'm going to find some treasure or something. You know, but, I find nothing with those goddamn metal detectors. And then, uh, and then they pulled up another episode right after that. And um, for those that don't know, Mark Summers, who was the... He was, like, a hero when I was a kid. Because he was the host of all these, like, awesome, like, TV shows. Yeah. And it wasn't just Double Dare. It was, like, What Would You Do? And all these other kid shows. And... Um, after he retired from Nickelodeon, he announced, <coughs> excuse me, he announced to the world that he actually had an OCD problem. He was germaphobic. And I could see it now when I watch these reruns. Like, you could see whenever they do, like, a contest where, like, it's like it gets really dirty and slimy, he, like, tries to stay away as far as he can. But not too far where it looks awkward. Like, he's still, like, within the vicinity of the activity. But yeah. he's just far enough so that he doesn't get dirty. And at the end of the episode... Uh, one of the contestants like shook his hand, but he had like pie all over his hand, and you can see Mark Summers was evidently like pissed that the kid <laughs> touched him. Um, I, I'm 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 pretty sure that as soon as they cut to commercial, he probably like ran back and like fucking washed the shit out of his hands until it got to a point where like his oh skin was peeling God. off. Uh, but they're actually gonna they're gonna come out with an episode soon. They're gonna do like a reunion of all that. And they're gonna be on the show, Family Double. They're, like they're gonna do a new episode with the host and everything. What's the name is uh, hosting that show? Uh, Nick Cannon. They're coming out with Family Double there. Oh, a new one. Yeah. No, but I'm saying they're bringing back. They're gonna do like a special episode where they bring back the original host uh-huh. and all the cast of all that. Really? And, all, and they had to compete against Didn't each other. Did someone do that? Wasn't it like late show? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But it, it was everyone but like Amanda Bynes. It was probably like on Jimmy Fallon or something. I think it was he Fallon. Did, yeah. He did it was a one good of burger. He did a good burger reunion. Yeah, I remember and that. And it was Keenan and Kel that showed up. Uh, that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, you know, Jimmy Fallon is good for that. 
or Jimmy yeah. Kimmel? Which one is that? Nah, Jimmy Fallon does Jimmy, like those yeah, reunions. He does those reunions. He things. did the Saved by the Bell one. He did the Saved by the Bell. To the Back to the Future one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that was really cool. Wait, but that Back to the Future might have been Jimmy Kimmel though. Um, whichever Jimmy did it was good (laughs) keep it up Jimmy (laughs) both of you alright so that was our throwbacks Uh, let's quickly go into uh, movie news Pat you wanted to mention something about oh you talking about the the movie yeah oh yeah uh, in movie news we're we're here we're here in movie news we're in a movie news uh, studio right now (laughs) because we have to switch over to uh, the studio and um, this is fresh off the presses um, apparently they're gonna make uh, this is another throwback nostalgia moment. They're gonna make uh, a part two, a continuation of the Rocketeer, and uh, this this time it's gonna be set six years after the original movie. And uh, the Rocketeer goes missing, you know, after he tries to fight the Nazis, you know. And I'm thinking about it like you already got me. I'm good with that because. Th- to if you're ever gonna make a movie about a bad guy or like just like a super group of bad guys, your your default has to go to fascism, and has to go to Nazis, because that's the that's the way to go, man. Because it seems like the world just knows that. Okay, you talk about the Nazis, here we go. <laughs> we already know who who to not go for, and everybody's automatically gonna go for that uh that hero of yours, but um. I guess he was fighting for the Nazis. He was fighting against the Nazis, uh, and uh, he ends up missing. So now they're gonna have a need. Uh, they're gonna need a new Rocketeer, and the Rocketeer is might be controversial for some, but it's gonna be a, an African American woman, and it might be up to two Rocketeers and uh, who are gonna try to find this, the the original Rocketeer. Me personally, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know if it's going to be a made-for-TV movie or if it's going to be a legit one in the movie theaters. I wish I would have saw The Rocketeer in movie theaters, but I saw it when it came out on uh, TV, and I loved it. Um, the fact that it's just a Rocketeer movie that's coming out, man, I'm already in there. I'm loving the fact that uh, everything that's coming out, it's kind of it's like a love-hate thing. Everything that's coming out nowadays is is geared towards us. This is Now I know how uh, like my my brothers and my sisters felt. When uh, you know they were like, you know, in in the upper age, and everything was geared towards them, and I was just like, I don't know what they're excited about for. <laughs> this is, it's whatever. I'm, I'm I'm liking it. I'm liking that everything is like advertisement are geared towards us. Uh, movies are geared towards us. Everything is geared towards people who grew up in the eighty millennials, because <laughs> we are millennials. Everything is geared towards us, and uh, I'm kind of liking that. I'm a fan of it. Okay. Uh, next up on movie news, uh, Game of Thrones announces they finally um, made it official that season eight will be their last uh, season. Uh, for those who recently saw um, season the ending of season six, pretty freaking pretty freaking epic. Um, I actually didn't see the the whole season, but I think the last couple episodes were enough. Yeah. Um, I what you call it? Uh, usually they say that uh, after season six of a TV series, that's when it jumps the shark. I mean, season eight is just as good. Can you name me a show that uh that went past season six that um that that went well? Friends. Well, that went well. <laughs> Friends. Well, yeah, it did. <laughs> I don't know. They but they changed, man. They changed. Tales from the Crypt. Nah, it didn't go past six seasons, did it? Wait, I don't know. I gotta ask my brother. My brother's like the expert. You might say like Big Bang Theory. 
I don't like that show. I even made a post about it. I it's found hilarious. out that there's a lot of people who don't like that show, and I'm happy about it. So I don't understand why um, on TV they said the most watched television show in history is Big Bang Theory. I'm like, who the fuck is watching TV? <laughs> Nobody's watching TV, man. Do you like it, Chris? What, Bang? Yeah. No, it's horrible. I don't know. Oh, Ralph. Ralph likes that fucking show, man. Yeah, Ralph, if you listen to this, I don't get it, man. <laughs> I remember we had an argument about that, and I'm like, yeah, I don't understand that show, man. I don't know what's so funny. He says, you he said, you don't understand it, Bazinga. That's all he told me. I'm like, the fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> he said, come on, man, Bazinga. I'm like, yo, what's that? He had a, yo, he has a shirt that says Bazinga. I just can't stand shows with the laugh tracks. Like, that's oh such, gosh, dude. that's it's so old. Like, thing, get over man. it. Get over it. Like, Back when we had Arrested Development, that that didn't have laugh tracks. No. That was like way ahead of its time. Like, just get with the times. No one does laugh tracks anymore. All the really good funny shows don't have laugh tracks. The highest paid actors are on that show. Highest paid TV Sorry. actors are on that show. They make too much money for what they're doing, man. It's a disservice to uh, America, to the world, basically. <laughs> to the world. I don't care if they're, oh, it's the smartest comedy. No, it's not the smartest. That is not... Just because they say, like, smart shit, like, oh, 2 plus 2 does equal 4, ha ha, laugh track, get the fuck out of here. That show is trash. Yeah. Sounds smart. <laughs> it just, it's a trashy show. Everybody on that show is not funny. One of the guys were hosting uh, SNL, and, dude, he, he, it was trash. I didn't like it. I did not like it. Every, every skit that he was in, I was like, nah, man. It was the nerdy looking one. Well, they're all nerdy looking. The nerdest looking one. That doesn't help any. I don't know the guy's <laughs> name, man, but he did a bad job on uh, on on SNL, and I wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> uh, next up on movie news, uh, they just revealed um, what the new Superman's gonna look like in the TV series Supergirl. Oh. Um, this is played by I'm gonna butcher his name, Tyler Hoechlin. I think that's his last name. Uh, he's in the film uh, Everybody Wants Some. And there's been a lot of mixed reviews all over the internet. Um, everyone is saying that he kind of looks a little scrawny to be Superman. Some people are saying that he looks like a combination of Hen- uh, Henry Cavill meets Brandon Routh's uh, Superman. Which is... I don't see anything bad about that. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But um, I don't know. Let us know what you think about what the new Superman looks like. I mean, we can't really judge because... We haven't seen him in action yet. Maybe he is going to be a badass Superman on the show. Have you seen um, the... I've seen the show and I do not like it at all. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to ask you. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he can help the series out a little bit, but that show is bland. Have you seen the show, Chris? I've seen like the pilot episode. What you think? It wasn't enough to get me wasn't hooked. Wasn't enough? It's, nope. I mean... You know what? I'm looking at his picture right now and he looks like an asshole. <laughs> I'm looking at his picture. It looks like he's about. He looks like one of those people that, as soon as you you uh, what you call it, you come into work, he's one of those guys. Looks like somebody has a case of the Mondays kind of guy. Oh shit! Hey, fuck you, drip. <laughs> fuck you, Jip. Fuck you, man. <laughs> it's Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, um, I mean, also, uh, on Netflix, um, everyone saw on. Our Facebook page, we posted the trailer for the new Luke Cage series. Um, they just announced that every episode on of the show is going to be named after a track from the hip-hop group Gangstar, mm. which I think is fucking awesome. Um, because I think it's going to push people 
who have never heard of Gangstar to look up their songs and then they're going to end up gaining more fans out of it because I think Gangstar is like one of the sickest hip hop groups yeah. out there um, I wonder what made them think of Gangstar and not Wu-Tang man no you know what it is Wu-Tang is kind of a, what you call it like a Asian yeah. so they probably do that for Iron Fist oh my god if they do that what yo if they if you guys are listening please go by pat's idea that's a really fucking cool yeah they'll idea. probably do that for iron fist i could see that because i mean if they name an episode after cream oh shit. my god <laughs> um and uh chris did you want to add anything to movie news i stumbled upon a movie which i did not know was even being made and mm. it comes out in two weeks it's operation chromite and i am super psyched for that for a random two reason weeks? yeah it's like august 12th so it was already made? Yeah, and, and it's coming out like in a couple weeks. It's insane. Operation Chromite. What is it about? It Well, if you know anything about me, I'm a big historian. I love mm. history, and especially Douglas MacArthur. And Liam Neeson is playing Douglas MacArthur, like one of my favorite people in history, literally. And it's basically about Operation Chromite, which was part of the Inchon invasion of South Korea in the Korean conflict. And I didn't know that they were making this movie. And the trailer looks pretty awesome, and it's Liam Neeson. Enough said. We'll definitely put up the uh, the trailer on the Facebook page so everyone can check it out. I have not heard of this movie. Me neither. And I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah. yeah that was me like cat. two days ago. I'm like, wow. And the trailer looks pretty good. Okay. Okay. Wait, is this made by an American... Uh film crew or is it uh I, it, it, it seems like a foreign film okay yeah i did not recognize the director hmm okay i see what you're talking about here yeah there's a lot of links to the trailer and they are not those words are not in english <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go to the imdb at least that's in english yeah yeah this is definitely not uh, an american uh movie so that mean is uh if you're gonna go watch this, just prepare for subtitles. It's not gonna be a surprise to you. Show some love for some international movies. Yeah, you know, just watch an international movie. And and British is not really. Would you consider a British movie as an? I mean, I know it's, a, it's across the pond, but I mean, there's it's no still subtitles. A British movie. Yeah, but you look at it like they they're still in the Oscars. It's not like they give them like a best foreign film. It's, yeah, it's they're still nominated for best picture and all that. So you're right. I wouldn't consider British films to be a foreign film. Mm, okay. At least as far as the Academy of all these so-called amazing people tell us. So then, so then, when they when they say foreign, they're talking about the language of the film, not the fact that it's from a foreign country. I, th- I think so. Um, what was that? A Clint Eastwood movie? Um, Flags of Our Father? No, no, it was yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima. Uh, yeah. The one in Japanese. I think that was best foreign language film or foreign film. Oh, that's right, because it's not foreign film, it's foreign language film. Yeah. That's what the nomination is. Um, that's interesting. All right. Huh. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so what else Mind is the news? No, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have anything else. That's it for movie anything. news. All right, that's it for movie news. Uh, on to the next topic, which is glorious eye candy yeah it is um, glorious when you guys check it out i mean when you guys have a chance please check it out uh just go to youtube type in glorious eye candy or type in glorious eye candy on facebook and check out the facebook page um 
What? Let's go down the list of movies um, or short videos that we've done. Um, we actually no. Let's not even talk about the videos yet. Mm. Who came up with the idea first? Who came up with the idea to uh, to, to do that? I think it was a. Uh, it was a collective, right? <laughs> it was. It was like a collective thing that we're all. Uh, like who said, "Hey, let's blow up Legos oh, in slow motion." That was uh, I think that was Martin who he had a phantom camera. Still has. Yeah, he has a phantom camera, and he wanted to. Uh, he said, "Yeah, I need some clips so I can uh, put on my uh, my website of my phantom camera and work." And we're like, "Yo, let's uh, blow some shit up." And we're like, "Well, we could blow up some Legos." <laughs> so we're just blowing up Legos. And we just never put it out, did we? Like there was, you know, there was. <laughs> we we shot it like a year before yeah. we started releasing yeah. these. Because I think I think the video that I helped out on mm-hmm. I that mean, was done like last year. That was that was the first one, dude. It's going on like two. Was that the two first one or years. the second one? Well, which one was that? Was that the boat one or that, that was wasn't the boat one? It was, it, was, it was before the boat. The, was the, the windmill. windmill. It was the windmill. Oh, I helped out with the windmill. Okay. Wait, which one was the windmill? Which we still haven't released yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That so was, yeah, that was like two years ago. So like, I think you guys, I think Pat, you texted me like, "Hey, come out to this," and I was like, "Okay," and then you were like, "Oh, can you pass by Home Depot and pick up some things?" Yeah. I was like, "All right," so I did, <laughs> and I came out. But that day, I think I had something was going on. I don't know if I had to go to work that day. Yeah, I don't but think I you to, stayed for the whole thing. Yeah, I had to leave early. Um, but then you guys continued making videos, and. Then you guys created the YouTube page. I saw some of the, I think the first one that I saw was the Call of Duty one that you guys did. And then I saw the Star Wars one. And then I'm looking at the views and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> Pat showed me one of the videos, I think the Star Wars one. And I'm like, how did this get 170,000 views? And then I type in Glorious Eye Candy on Google and I'm like, yo, these guys were on Gizmodo? What the <laughs> fuck? Like, you, they, they made an entire article about the team. Really cool stuff. Um, and then I think, like, later on, you guys decided to make the videos more cinematic. Yeah. Well, it was it was kind of cinematic before, but we're just, we're just really just focusing on... Like, uh, figuring out all the kinks. Yeah, we're just really focusing on, on, on the explosions, because that's what he really wanted. That's what Martin was like, I really want, like, the explosions. So we just focus in on that. And there was a time that we were just shooting every week. We would just shoot something like every weekend, like boom, for like a like a whole month. We're just shooting something. I got injured during those <laughs> weeks. Uh, <laughs> How'd you get injured? Um, fireworks. <laughs> fireworks. We were using fireworks, man. And but like, um, what it shot? It shot you? Yeah, it shot me because uh, we yeah, were we were using- we were pointing these fireworks at the at whatever was being blown up at the scene. And I guess like there was a ricochet or something, and yeah. you see, you, I, I remember I was the one holding the fireworks. I think it was either me or Delgado. Yeah. And I see it, and I see Pat like he's like covering his head, and he's running in the opposite direction, and it like hits. It was your yeah. neck, right? No, it hit my. It went like around my head. Like I was running away from it, and rather than hit the the air that was closest to the actual firework, it wrapped around my fucking head, went around, and it was one of the Roman candles that uh that makes a whistling noise, spins and then pops. It did that right at my fucking ear, <laughs> on my right side of my ear, and then I just I was like, "Holy shit!" And you were scarred, right? You had yeah. some battle marks from yeah. that. Yeah, like I, my fucking beard was gone. I had like, it was like the white meat that was showing <laughs> on the side of my fucking face, and I just, oh my god, it was like for a whole week, I just smelled like burnt hair and burnt skin, and it was like, I smell it, I smell it, man. <laughs> it was, 
it was damaging. But after that, I started wearing goggles and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, and the gloves. Just, yeah, and the gloves. Start telling people you gotta be safe out here, man. <laughs> gotta be safe. safety first, guys. Yeah, yeah I remember first. like Martinez giving us a hard time, and because. I think the last time was it the last one we did the Batman vs Superman. Yeah, and we had to use my lenses, which we had to go out like the next day for a shoot. I'm like, let's get some plexiglass. And he's like, we don't need that. We've done this how many times? We don't oh need it. And God, the first yeah. explosion we do, like this piece of shrapnel hits the plexiglass, and it didn't really shatter it, but you can tell like it, it stopped it. it. It cracked it. There was it cracks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that could have been not only my lens but your camera. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was dangerous. And so, like, every shot after that, we had the plexiglass up. Yeah. And we were all, like, huddled around, like, either the plexiglass or around the corner just in case. Cause yeah, man. It's the real deal. It's fireworks, man. You get hurt with it. Unpredictable. <laughs> but, um, I mean, so far, we've uh, we posted up, how many videos? Like, four. Four no, or five I think videos? It's more, I think it's more than that. No, really? it, it, no it's like four or something. Four really? videos? But we shot more, and we just... Yeah, we just shot more in the... Just, Due to the laziness of our group, uh, yeah. just okay. sitting on hard drive space, just yeah. waiting. For perfect times <laughs> to just drop but, it. But uh, the next video is going to be based off of uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly, but I mean, it's coming. It's coming, people. Um, <laughs> I guess we're going to try to release it before the movie comes out. If we don't, the, the video is still going to be released. Yeah, the video is going to be released. The, the, the video is still going to be released. Um, I mean, the real purpose of this, we, we you know, we just want people to like really enjoy it, see our yeah. work, have fun watching it. I mean, if you watch these videos, they're very, very cinematic. Um, it's very artistic in a way. If you really think about it, it's like it's the the way it goes along with the music and everything. It's really cool. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, so for Suicide Squad, um, obviously, like you know, we picked that one because that's like the main topic. Um, as far as movie goes, all over the internet, every this is like probably like the most talked about film this month. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. What do you guys think about the movie? Like, what are your predictions about the film? Uh, I seriously believe that it's gonna do better than uh, Batman v Superman, and uh, not money wise, but just uh, you know, I can't even go off of critics because after what they give, what, what they gave uh, Ghostbusters, I can't trust them anymore, man. I can't trust them anymore. That's like a that's like a friend who uh, who tries to set you up on a double date. And you were not, you were asking them weeks before, like, yo, is she hot? Is she cool? And say, yeah, 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 man. No, dog, she's perfect. She's perfect. And then you get there, and it's like, dude, she looks like she looks like me, man. She's like a guy. And like, what the fuck? She looks like a guy. Facial and hair and all. Facial hair and all. And all you think is to yourself is like, I see what he did there. The girl that he went out with is not going out with him unless her friend can go out too. So I'm that guy. And it's like you're 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 not mad at your friend because he did that because you're just mad at it's happening to you because <laughs> you were you're just you're just so I'm just so hyped that this was gonna happen. Next thing you know, you find out that it was trash. <laughs> it was just trash. And what's gonna be after Glorious? I mean, uh, after Suicide Squad. What's after that? Um, what do we have in the lineup? I guess we're just gonna release some old content. Yeah, we I have we have a couple like the Call of Duty Zombies left, yeah. which we were originally going to use for E3 like what two months ago. Yeah, which no one ever got around to doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but 
There's a new Call of Duty that's coming out, so we can just release it for that. Call of Duty. Yeah. We just talked about how much we hated uh, Big Bang Theory. We could blow, blow that up. shit up. Because there's a lot of Big Bang Theory Lego sets at the store, so. Blow that shit up oh, with a fucking smile on my face. <laughs> with the fucking American salute flag <laughs> on that shit, too, man. Oh, my gosh. Cause I think they're going out, right? This is the last season. Is this, it? This oh, uh, oh, season is the last oh, season for Big Bang Theory. Yo, that dude, the guy who, who, who made Big Bang Theory has made so many shows that I just don't like, man. Like Dharma and Greg, um, uh, two, uh, my, two, two guys and a half. Or two, two and a half men. Two and a half men. <laughs> uh, two guys and a half. What the fuck <laughs> I'm talking about? Moms. He made all these fucking terrible TV shows. Horrible TV shows, man. And I'm like, yo, I hate it. I hate him. I don't, I don't like his shows. I don't like anything that he puts out, man. What pisses me off the most about that show are, is all these um, the signs you see on the side of like I ninety five, like bang oh, yeah. twice a week. I'm like, so I literally just can't wait for that show to leave just so they can get rid of those those billboards. billboards. No, you can't because they're in syndication. They're everywhere. Oh, they're yeah, in syndication, right. man. You just you're not gonna. Well, you probably will because I still see billboards that have the two and a half men, but with Charlie Sheen. Oh, my oh God, wow, dude. I still see those, especially like on like on my way to like Tampa. Oh my gosh! Like the dude. redneck areas. <laughs> That's where I see it. <laughs> Two and a half men. I just can't watch, man. Those shows I just can't watch, man. I try to. I try to sit down on try to watch. Uh, what's the name of that movie? It was uh, Big Bang Theory. I try to sit down on the first episode, and the fact that the crowd is laughing, and I'm like, yeah, I just it, that wasn't funny, yo. <laughs> that wasn't funny. I just want to know what was going on in the writers' room. Where they really like, oh, this is gonna kill everybody. This is hilarious. Or is it just like, I'm just coming in on Monday, and I'm just coming in every day, just just banging it out, just banging it out. Because I know that what they record on Thursdays or Fridays. They, yeah, they, most sitcoms it's Thursday, Friday recording days, and they'll get together and write it probably that weekend, and they'll do rehearsals that yeah. Monday through Wednesday or brutal. whatnot. It's a brutal schedule. I mean, I commend them. I commend the writers for. Uh, oh, it's a tough. It's a tough gig. <laughs> it's a tough gig, especially on that show, because I know they probably write some gold, and uh, the producers like, nah, this is not a. This is not what we want. We want something a little bit more mainstream or something. But yeah. All right. <laughs> um, we are gonna post the links of the Glorious Eye Candy videos on our Facebook page, so you guys can uh, check it out, mm-hmm. and um, keep an eye out for the next video, which will be on based on uh, Suicide Squad. I keep thinking of saying Suicide Kings. I don't know why. Uh, Suicide Squad. There's no Suicide Kings. I, don't I know think why. there is. Suicide Kings. I heard that name it sounds familiar. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> Suicide Squad uh, Glorious Eye Candy video will be out soon. And, um, all right, let's move on to the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, because Suicide Squad is about um, a bunch of comic book villains uh, coming together to save the world, uh, we decided to do our top five favorite film villains. Keep in mind that this is villains in general, so they're not necessarily from comic book films. Um, we'll start off with our number five pick. Uh, Chris, you want to go first? Uh, sure. My number five was Bruno Antony from Strangers on a Train. Mm. And why was he your? Uh, why is he on your top five? He he was a really weird villain. It was a Hitchcock movie, 
and basically these, these two strangers they meet on a train they're not really strangers like bruno the villain as it were he is just such a sick guy like the premise behind the movie is they kill the other person's person that like who want who they want to be murdered mm-hmm. but that way like it, the cops could never connect oh you killed your wife or mm-hmm. i wasn't there okay so it's just how sick this character was bruno and is and get a little bit into his backstory about how his mom was and you kind of see where it was coming from and again this is like an old movie so just how groundbreaking it must have been when that movie came out how like such a sick person so that movie was was to come out today i think they're actually remaking that okay or at least there's some hitchcock movie that's being remade i'm tempted to say it is that one that's pretty cool Remember when we were talking about the last week, the other week of hip, he was closer. You remember we were talking about uh, Hitchcock, Hitchcock Presents? Yeah. There's talk about making another series about Hitchcock Presents. Like they're remaking the series? Yeah. Then it wouldn't be Hitchcock. Yeah. Like Hitchcock. I get it if they're going to remake like the episodes, but then we've already seen them. We already know what's going to happen. But what was special about Alfred Hitchcock Presents was the fact that he was on the show too. He would come in and talk before they would cut to commercial. That was, like, the best part of the show. You know, because you know it was authentic. You know, like, oh, shit. Like, he really has something to do with this series. So it's you don't think like, there, there'll be nothing to save it? I'm getting tired of these remakes, man. I'm really getting tired of it. Like I, I mean, I think what's, what's going to happen is that it's going to be... I think it's just going to be Hitchcock Presents just in name, but it's not going to be in, uh, in story or anything. They're probably going to show, like... Maybe one story a week that's going to have something. But I was thinking that, you know, it'll do well if Netflix was to pick it up. Yeah, but I think, you know, Alfred Hitchcock was such a legendary director. The fact that he had something a lot to do with with the show, that was really special. So if they were to do it again, I think they should actually bring together all these famous directors that are known for like suspense and and horror and oh, things like that money. and that's then a lot of money. it's gonna be a big budget but <laughs> if they were to do that then i would consider watching it it'd be worth it you know if, if it was like oh we're gonna bring together like five directors and they're gonna try to not mimic alfred hitchcock but at least show what made alfred hitchcock so special like use his techniques and things like that i'll consider it i'll watch it but if it's gonna be like some regular independent filmmakers and they're just gonna give it that bluish color hue and do the vertigo you know, shot the, the vertigo <laughs> shot no actually i think that would be cool if they brought that back but like you know the jump scares like what james wan does in his movies like oh, okay like no i you know james I'm, I'm wan is gonna most likely he'll be in there because he is uh he is the modern day master of uh horror movies don't say man. That. Don't yeah man. master yeah no, not Ugh. a master who who would you say he's right now he's popular he's popular but that doesn't mean he's a master then who who right now would you would you give it to? Master of Horror? No, no, I'm uh, talking about for right now. For like uh for, from two thousand this decade to two thousand twenty. Um, who would you give it to right now? Right now. Who's doing it better than him? Everybody likes his movies, man. I'm not a fan. You can't. There's nobody. There's nobody. There's nobody who's killing it like he is. You see how cocky he is too, right? Oh my god, that's what that's what uh, like that's what also like annoys me about him. 
That's the fact that he's there's so nobody else who's, who's doing it better than he is. I mean, we can give it to Eli Roth. You could do Eli Roth. Eli I mean, Roth, even though it's his more of a are, torture porn, though. Yeah, it's more. It's not really horror. It's not. It's just there's no. I I think there's just not that many directors making horror now. I mean, they are making horror, but it's like going straight to Netflix or it's you know going straight to video. It's I haven't seen a lot of horror movies made by other directors that are going into theaters. I think what we need is like uh, we need a director who's uh, who's able to jump into different genres and not and not be like uh, oh you know we just need someone who who can step away from the jump scares. What about uh, M Night Shyamalan? M Night Shyamalan. Can you spell that? Jesus Christ! M Night Shyamalan. What? He's got a new back. movie coming out. He's got oh, a new yeah, movie that's right. coming out. There's a new trailer that came yeah. out for his movie. I haven't even seen it yet. I mean, would you give it to him out of spite? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not even. I mean, I love The Sixth Sense. Um, I liked Signs. But that was it. I liked Unbreakable, but that's not a horror movie. Um, but like that was it. After Signs, it was just everything just went downhill for me. So, I mean, we, you have to give it to David. You have to give it to Juan, man. No, I'm not because it, I don't think I don't. If you if you want to so, talk about like oh, so out of, default, of this nobody decade, gets it. Nobody no, gets nobody it. gets it for this decade. No, because I think horror sucks now. I think it sucks. I fair think enough. That's some fair of enough. the best horror movies are not from this decade at all. Well, and a lot of these directors that do horror might be like a one-off. Right, right. So like they'll just do they'll, they'll keep the, doing the normal drama films or whatever, and then throw in a horror movie, kind of like uh, Matt Reeves when he did Let Me In. Oh yeah. Like that movie was awesome. Yeah. And legit, that was pretty much a horror movie, and it didn't have the jump scares that we're acquainted with mm. today. Yeah. But that was like the only movie he did like that. Everything he, else, he didn't, have no, uh, he didn't have no cutaways either, because some of those scenes is like I don't. Oh, some of those scenes I didn't even understand how that that happened. Like um, the scene where she was biting the, the guy's neck out the window, and then you just see the body just fall. Yo, I didn't even see the transition from the actual actor to the the fake body. When it fell out the window, it was just like a. You see the body just fall out the window. I was into it, man. That's a good movie. <laughs> yeah, that is a great movie. And the car scene when uh, he was in the back seat of the car. It was yeah, uh, and it flips over and the cameras in the back. Yeah, and it's like and a one shot. Oh my gosh! When you just see like uh, the dude is driving off, you just see the guy in the back seat of the car just. He just sit up, and I'm like, yo, this scene right here is. Yo, cause I think it lasted like five minutes, and you didn't know when he was gonna try to kill that guy, and he was just sitting in the back seat of the car. You see the car just drive around the block, go wherever it had to go. Then he started to choke the guy. I'm like, yo, this scene is amazing, man. And the thing is, like, we knew exactly how he kills these people because the movie kind of starts off like that. Yeah. But everything that he normally does goes wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, eventually the the driver of the car who's going to kill his friend gets in the car. Yeah. And then they stop at a gas station. So there's lighting and everything and then here's his chance but oh wait there's his friends or whatever are coming out of the gas station and they kind of chase him down and that's mm. when the car crashes so everything went wrong oh my god so that Brilliant. was uh, Chris's number five <laughs> <laughs> all, all, all muddled into like six different films oh sorry but, but that. actually that, was, that film was, what was, what was, the, what was the name of the character again uh, Bruno Antony <laughs> oh, went off on a fucking tangent got into a thing but but to keep things in perspective, that was a very Hitchcockian like film. Yeah, Because yeah. I was telling uh, Kevin before we started with that with uh, one particular Hitchcock movie, uh, Dial M for Murder. 
kind of the same thing with Let Me In. Like, we know how the guy's going to kill the person mm-hmm. and that everything goes wrong. And you feel empathy for that guy, just like we felt like in yeah. Let Me In. Like, I feel sorry for this guy. He's going to kill this guy, but I feel sorry for him anyway. Cause... I feel sorry for him. We got something invested into that dude, man. That's why. <laughs> Pat, what's your number five? Uh, my number five pick was... Um... Give me a second. Let me. My phone went to sleep. My number five pick was... Uh, Cole Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastard. It is... Uh, if you guys don't know who it is, this is... Um, What's the, what's the actor's name again? Who's won Christoph Waltz? Christoph yeah. Waltz, who has won uh, two Oscars for playing the same roles in two different <laughs> movies. If, uh, back if, to uh, back, yeah, back to back. That uh, I felt like I was the only person who was watching the Oscars saying, "Yo, did nobody see that this guy just won the same thing?" But um, he won the same. He was the same character in uh, every movie. Django that he was in. And uh, inglorious, uh, and not inglorious, glorious, no, right? inglorious, inglorious bastards mm-hmm. that he was in, in uh, which called Bond movie, in that yes, Bond movie, yeah, Spectre, and his his character is also the same in the Three Musketeers movie, yes, which nobody really saw. I didn't see that. Wait a minute, what Three he Musketeers movie? What, I didn't which see one? It. You talking about the one with the martial arts? No, that no. was the Musketeer. No, this is the one with uh, Mila Jovovich. Um, oh, it, dude, the same the same guy that did the Resident Evil movies. Oh, really? But yeah, and oh. Christoph Waltz's character is exactly the same, the same as every you know other he's just, villain he plays. He's just a cool villain. He's a cool villain because <laughs> his whole demeanor is like it's just okay. so suave. All right, so <laughs> if he plays that same villain, why was Inglorious Bastards on your list? Why that one? Because that was the first time I've ever seen him. Okay. It's a breakout role. That was a, that was his. Uh, because I know he started acting, like, at a late age. And uh, I think he was around, like, he was in his 40s when he started acting. And that was his first, uh, was that his breakout role? Really? That was his breakout role for, for me. me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think at least for all of us. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> yeah. know who he was Yeah, I didn't that. know who he was. And I was like, when I saw him, I'm like, dude, this guy, he is so charismatic. As a villain, it's like, you could do nothing but like him. But you, like, you hate him as well because, you know, he's, uh, he's working for the Nazis. Um, he, the fact that uh, he's one of those villains that uh, he'll be in your house and he'll find a seat. He'll ask you for some milk. <laughs> Who asks people for milk out of everything in the house? Like, oh, I get a class. Well, I think it was because they were on a farm and he wanted yeah. to drink like fresh milk from the cows. Yeah. And it goes full circle because later on in the movie, when he's with uh, Shoshana, the girl, yeah, he orders her milk. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and it's and it's like, does he know that she was the girl that got away? Yeah, yeah. I Dude. think it was the fact that he knew everything, like, like he knew you were stabbing him in the back, but he would just go along with it. Yeah, then he, and he would make he would make it obvious. He wouldn't help you understand that he was onto your plan. Like when um, when he gets introduced to Brad Pitt's character and Eli Roth's character, mm-hmm. and he's 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 having fun with the with the actress, and oh. she's explaining how she broke her leg. And he starts laughing like, oh my god, you broke your leg mountain climbing. Let me ask you something. Which mountains in Paris were you climbing? Oh. And it was like one of those moments you're like, oh shit, he knows. He knows. But he just like went along with it. He didn't want to make a Yo, big... If he wanted to, he could have just called all the soldiers to come and fucking Yo, arrest knew, them. But no, he just went along with it. He knew everything. It was so cool. And then at the end when he takes her in the room, just puts on yeah. the shoe. It's like he knew this whole time. 
And, yeah. He, yeah, you're right. He just went along with it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's a cool ass bullshit. He's a cool ass. He's a cool ass <laughs> villain. It's like he knows everything that you're gonna do before you even do it. Like that whole thing with him and um, uh, what's that guy? You just said his name, Brad Pitt. Yeah. When uh, when Brad Pitt was supposed to play somebody who's from France, from Italy, from Italy, and then he starts speaking uh, Italian, Italian, and Brad Pitt just said "Hola." <laughs> <laughs> That shit killed me, man. I was like, "Oh, dude, the fact Arab that he knew, you. yeah, the fact that he knew like he oh he personally he knows like four or five languages. Yeah, this dude is well cultured. <laughs> he he is a uh, he is like one of those well spoken villains. He's like the villain that you want in real life. <laughs> like if you had a villain that because you know usually the villain's supposed to be like he's he's basically what the hero is, but just in his own mind he's a bad guy. So if you had a villain who was just that intelligent and he knows four languages, people who were hanging around him say, "Man, the guy who's who who's his uh who's his alter has to be just as smart. He knows just as much and he knows just just as uh, many languages, but really you don't." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> I just I know how to shoot. I I'm a cop. I've been working as a cop for 45 years or some shit like that." Yeah. I think my favorite line <laughs> from that whole movie is, "Oh, that's a that's a bingo." <laughs> That was my favorite line. And then they tell him, no, it's it's just bingo. Yeah. Bingo. <laughs> it's a fun, yo, and on top of that, dude, you're getting lines fed. He's getting lines fed from from Quentin Tarantino, who is like, to be honest, man, I think he is he is like one of the masters of uh, of dialogue and character development, man. Because uh, they say that uh, he gives you like pages of backstory of your character. Just one uh, in development, but he doesn't do that with uh, with um, Samuel Jackson though. Don't know why he doesn't do that with Samuel Jackson, but with other characters, he give you like pages of uh, backstory just so you can develop your character, so you really don't need any help because he gives you everything right there. He's oh, your character grew up here. He did this. He did that. Or when he was this age, he made a mistake and killed somebody and did all that stuff. Once you give it all that, dude, everything else is like. It's easy because you already know the history of him. You already know what, what's his speaking pattern and all the other stuff. Everything is good. He's a good act. He's a good. Uh, he's a good villain. We were talking about it earlier in um, in 007 movie. He he could have been a really great villain, but he just wasn't given that much um, screen time or that much dialogue. With with an actor like that, you got to give him a lot of dialogue. He has to talk a lot. He has to know what the fuck he's talking about. Like, he has to talk circles around the actual hero of the movie, and it's like, oh, shit. But when given the chance, he was, and he kind of did. Yeah. But we only introduced him, like, literally halfway into the movie. Oh, there he is. And it was so brief. Yeah. He should have been introduced. You know what? He should have been the first thing that we saw in the movie. That whole movie was just flat. You can just feel it. Like, there was just no passion. And you know, especially you, you, from Daniel Craig and just with what was going on, even like that first car chase is going through like Rome or whatever. Like, why is Bond running and why is it like this long? <laughs> I think. Well, I think it was a sign. I think it was a sign because Sam Mendes is not going to direct the next one, and Daniel Craig is not going to be. Also, oh, I didn't know that Sam Mendes yeah. didn't want to. No, he didn't. He didn't even really want to do this one. Yeah, he's not going to direct the next one, and they're going to pick a different James Bond. So I think this is like the end of that, like that era or generation, whatever you want to call it. That. Yeah, you remember you saw those. Style. Uh, those uh, posts about who's going to be the next uh, James Bond and they were saying women can be the next James Bond uh, is that James Bond is just the number 
I guess. Just an agent number. I mean, it could, if you guys want to go that route. <laughs> it's a blasphemous fiasco. But every, everybody's going that route, you know no. what I mean? Everybody's going that route of, oh, let's spice it up by uh, putting something else in there. Well, rather than them being black, let's let them be white. Or rather than them being white, let's let them be Asian. Or, you know, just throw it up. But um, rather than, me, me personally, I'm thinking, like, rather than just changing the color of the person, why don't you just get a better script? <laughs> let's put some substance into this script, huh? Yeah, make it like Casino Royale or what Skyfall yeah, was. Let's put some uh, some substance into the script. Let's make a plot twist that's that's a real plot twist <laughs> <laughs> that people didn't see that shit coming from miles away. Like, but I think it's kind of hard to do with the James Bond film. I think there's been so many James Bond films that you you, you can already pinpoint right from the beginning. Like that person's gonna stab him in the back. Like you already know, because like that that formula. It's like. You can only alter it so many times. And look what happens when they did. Like, you look at Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the Bourne team doing the car chase. Mm-hmm. But that same team also did the, the, the chase scene in the new Indiana Jones movie. So that was a, that was very Bondish. Like, it wasn't yeah. like crazy shaky cam. It was nice and smooth. But when they do it in a Bond film, they did the jump cuts. They did the handheld. They did the crazy fast cuts. Mm-hmm. It's not Bond. Yeah, it became born. Yeah, so you can only deviate so far from the established formula, going back all the way to 1962, and even the what Fleming wrote about before it's not Bond, and then fans kind of reflect that. So, really, should they deviate from Bond that much? It's myself as a big Bond fan. I'm wearing a Bond shirt for crying out loud right now. No, you can't. You know what? It should just be just like um. There's a story about a. Beverly Hills Cop that came out uh, in, on the DVD that said that um, originally the Beverly Hills Cop movie was supposed to have uh, it's supposed to have Sylvester Stallone in it. He and he, he was like right off the cusp of uh, you know yeah, he wrote Rocky it. and all the other stuff. He was supposed to Rocky and uh, Rambo and all the other stuff, and he was supposed to be the the actor in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. What he did was that he just took the script and said that no I want it to be this I want this guy to have this I want this guy to have all these other things and the, the director and the writer was like well we can't say no to to Sylvester Stallone so what we're going to do is we're still going to do the, we're still going to do this um, Beverly Hills Cop but we're just going to give him that movie that he just basically just wrote himself and that movie came out to be Cobra so rather than change the actual character of that movie or like 007 or anything, or ch- change his looks, or change the way that he does things, why don't you just make a separate movie that could be in that same universe or something like that, but it's just an alternative character. Like, he couldn't be 007, he's 006 or something like that, because he, he never could get to that uh, that prestige or something. Or maybe he's just too wild kind of thing. And you you just have a, a, you just have a cool-ass movie, because Cobra was the movie that uh, Sylvester Stallone made, and that movie is a cool ass movie, and everybody likes Beverly Hills Cop because I mean, that movie was the first movie that uh, Eddie Murphy made. That um, I couldn't, you can't really call him an action hero, could you? Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. It's a it's a pretty good action film. It's like an action comedy. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, I mean, it turned Eddie into an action uh, hero. Yo, we just got two great movies out of one. I think that's the best way to do things, man. Other than trying to change 007, just make another one. Spin off of that. And then when you uh, 
accept your Academy Award. It says, yeah, I'd like to give my shout out to 007. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for inspiration. Academy Award for an action movie. I'd love to see that. <laughs> that, that'll never happen. Um, that'll never happen. Wait, no. What's the name? Uh, it doesn't happen too much. Would you call uh, The Dark Knight? Uh, an action movie, but it didn't win the Academy. It didn't win. win. It didn't win, but uh, they gave it. Heath Ledger like best yeah. supporting actor. That, but he got it though. He, he was it. dead though. <laughs> and <laughs> what's the name? Inglorious Bastards. He's got one. Tarantino, like he, he should have his own genre for crying out loud. <laughs> he got yeah. one. I mean, action movies again. I think it's we're gonna see an action movie that's gonna get one. Well, I mean, well, well, but what about these war movies, though? Those are considered action, right? Or it's more of just a war film. Mm, yeah, you're right. Well, we're we're gonna get into that the next episode, right? Yeah. Best war films. Best war films. Oh, you could be on it, man. Bring back for that. You could be on. <laughs> you go all day. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we're we're gonna do that next episode. Yeah. Best war films. Uh, speaking of war films, Dun- uh, Dunkirk. Is coming out, directed by Christopher Nolan. Maybe that'll get nominated. Oh, wait, but that's a war movie, too. That's not an action movie. What I don't know about Christopher Nolan, man. He maybe it's up to us. Maybe we'll, we'll, be, but, uh, we'll be the ones making the first action film, action film nominated for Best Picture. Just I wouldn't say nominated, just that wins. That all right, wins. wins. Okay, Gotta shit. I'm happy with you being nominated, but all right. Yeah, man. This Fuck is it. their first... <laughs> I, want, I just want, that, I want to hear that lady says, this is their first... Uh, nomination. nomination and win and win just Thank to you. piss everybody <laughs> off. It's an action movie. Uh, my number five is uh, Pinhead from the Hellraiser films. Um, this is a series of films that I'm terrified of watching. <laughs> I, I mean, they're all Dude, I hear you. a bunch of them are on Netflix. <laughs> um, it's pretty much torture porn if you're really into it, but. Uh, this character Pinhead really freaks me out. Um, according to the story, he is what they call a Cenobite, and <laughs> he comes from this uh, puzzle box. If you figure out the puzzle, he comes out and he tortures you. He's a masochist, and if you really think about it, that is terrifying. Because how do you kill someone who's a masochist who enjoys it? That's crazy. If you I'm really think about it, <laughs> like the more torture, the the bigger the smile on his. And actually, no, he doesn't even smile. Now that I think about it, he just watches with a poker face, but he enjoys it from inside. Um, this is a character that I've always wanted to do on Halloween, but my head is too big for a ball cap. Uh, <laughs> uh, his voice is really is like it's really creepy. I was just reading that um, he a lot of his style. Uh, the fact that he's really intelligent and articulate was all influenced uh, by Count uh, Dracula, which is really interesting. Um, and it seems like he just gets worse and more masochistic as the movies go along. Um, but he's like the ultimate villain. I mean, this guy, like I said, he tortures you. He enjoys it. You can't kill him. He just goes back into his puzzle box. And that's fucking terrifying. All right. Uh, number four, Chris. Okay, my number four is uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Oh, nice. <clears throat> and I'm going on more of the the Anthony Hopkins, his, mm. his Hannibal, and not yeah. uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Or, from the TV show? From the TV show. The TV I, I love the TV show. It was actually my favorite TV show at the time when it was mm-hmm. out. But just the presence that we got from the movies, like, just wow. And you look at Silence of the Lambs, he's only in it, like, like 11 minutes of screen time 
and yet you can just feel him all throughout that film and just getting into Clarice's head and our heads. Yeah, he is the film. He is the film because like, yeah. as soon as you say Silence of the Lambs, the first thing you think of yeah, is Yeah, you know what? Lincoln. And I don't even think about uh, Buffalo Bill at all. And he was ill, and Buffalo Bill was supposed to be like the antagonist yeah. in the movie. But I was really thinking, like, nah, nah, he's not the antagonist, man. Hannibal Lecter is because <laughs> he's doing some stuff, man. He's, I, I know he's in there, but he's doing some <laughs> stuff. <laughs> so, why, what would you enjoy most about Hannibal Lecter? His dialogue was so on point, and not only just the the dialogue, but how. At least going just Sons of the Lambs is the only only movie out of the whole three I I really care about. Sure, like out of the books, uh, Red Dragon is my favorite. But you look and see how the cinematography complemented Anthony Hopkins' his performance, and even down to when we first see him that POV shot going down the hall, and you see Hannibal just standing in his glass cage. Just, and just how like there's tons of like movie like not movies but uh, video, YouTube videos that break down the cinematography shot yeah. by shot, mm-hmm. and it just makes so much sense. Just like who who's trying to play who? Yeah, I, I, are you referring to every frame of painting? Yeah, th- yeah. Th- there's that one, and uh, there's another one which breaks it down. Yeah, um, for our listeners, the last episode I think it was the last episode or the episode before last, I mentioned um, a YouTube channel called Every Frame of Painting. This guy who makes these videos basically breaks down all these different styles of cinematography and editing and storytelling. And he did an episode where he talks about um, the different types of camera angles that they used in Silence of the Lambs to distinguish who had the power, you know, who had the authority, the low angles, the high angles, you know, who had the, the, the control of the conversation. Whenever you guys can, please check that out. It's really, really sick. But I'm sorry, Chris, for, go ahead. Oh, I was pretty much all done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to get a little bit more into Hannibal uh, soon because I, I, Hannibal's on my list, too. I love Hannibal. Mm. Pat, what's your number four? Uh, my number four is uh, anything with Gary Busey. Anything. <laughs> uh, from Lethal Weapon all the way to uh, The Siege that has a... Uh, oh, man, what's that dude that does uh, Aikido? With the with the squinty eyes, like he like he's oh, a uh, Steven Seagal, yeah, <laughs> Steven Seagal, that guy, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this guy always plays uh, somebody who's been in war, and he comes out, and he comes out like uh, comes out crazy, man, and he just does like crazy stuff, and his, that Gary Busey voice, that hey man, yeah, I'm talking to you, <laughs> I'm talking, giving you this kind of stuff, and he's always one of, like I remember uh, in Lethal Weapon. Where uh, you're first introduced to this guy by him, uh, like you see the who's supposed to be the actual villain, like uh, his boss who hired uh, Gary Busey. You see him just pull a whole lot of light, a lighter, and he says he calls the guy over, who which is Gary Busey, and just tells him just hold his hand out. And he just holds his hand out right over the fucking light and just burns his skin, and you just see like you hear the crackling of the skin like being like burnt. He just holds it there, and I'm like, for a oh. long time. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's crazy. Oh my gosh! And you know what? He has that intensity throughout the whole movie, and it spills over into every movie that he's ever done after that. You know who's scarier than Gary Busey? Who? Real life Gary Busey. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think he he plays those roles so much that it just spilled over into his real life. And I just remember that he's in uh, 
He's in that movie with Keanu Reeves um, and Patrick Swayze. Point Break? Point Break. But I can't remember what role he played. Was he a good guy in Point Break? Probably. He was, he was a cop a, or something. He was probably one of the cops, yeah. Yeah. He was a cop and he was a crazy cop. But he wasn't as crazy as fucking Patrick Swayze. Because <laughs> Patrick Swayze, I mean, they're jumping out of planes with, par- with no parachutes kind of shit. That's still not as scary as really. Yeah. Gary <laughs> Busey is just a, he's just a villain. Generally, just the he's just the guy. And his villain. son is a scary looking dude. Really? Have I didn't seen, know he had a kid. Yeah, his uh, his son was in Starship Troopers. He was the blonde guy. He looks just like him. Like, he, oh, yeah, I know that guy. He looks oh, just yeah. like him. He's but he kind of has like like buck teeth a little bit. Yeah, but he has the same kind of teeth like everybody. But he always like, looks Wah. intense. Like yeah. he's gonna like he looks like a American Psycho type. You know who I thought that guy was when uh, the guy from Starship Troopers. Have you ever seen that? Uh, there's a band who made this song, and all girls say I'm pretty fly for a white. Oh guy. yes, yeah. I, yeah, I always him. thought the same thing too. I thought that was and him. that was um. What was the name of that band? I forgot the name of that fucking band, but I thought that was him. I'm like, oh, he's he's doing movies now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually does really look like. Yeah, I thought it was <laughs> him, really man. Funny. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, <laughs> my number four is Emperor Palpatine from the Star Wars films. Nice. Um, Emperor Palpatine is one of the main reasons why Darth Vader became Darth Vader. I mean, he was the one, one of the ones that kind of like directed him into that path. Uh, this guy starts out as just a senator, and he uses he uses his uh, his powers to to work his way up to emperor. And throughout that whole time, not one person was able to figure out that he was the most evil guy in the galaxy. Like he was able to brainwash every single person even the jedi like the jedi couldn't even figure out that he was the yep. the, the the villain yep. like he he just had that that facade that you know he was always hiding behind the red curtain type of thing and he convinces not a not a country not a planet he convinces the galaxy to form an empire and he was going to be the emperor that is fucking evil shit um, and then he puts on this whole charade with the with the clone troopers, and no, oh, they're supposed to be good. They're gonna defend us, but when really, no, they're just gonna be my henchmen, and they're gonna take over and wipe you guys out. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember watching Return of the Jedi for the first time and watching him rotate in that chair, and he's a typical fucking villain. He's got the voice, and he talks like this, and he's got the cloak uh, covering his fucking head. I mean, the hood covering his fucking face, and then. He's got lightning coming out of his fucking fingers and shit and all around main, like all around just evil guy, like typical uh, by the numbers evil. That's why he's my number four. Uh, Number three, Chris. Uh, Building upon Star Wars, my number three is Darth Vader. Nice. Oh, there we go. And (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to think how I'm going to word all this now. I'm so excited to say Darth Vader and explain why. Just, it's amazing, like, when we were first introduced to him in um, A New Hope, and, like, like, this guy is such a badass, and then you get, like, the ultimate twist in the next one in Empire when you figure out that he is Luke Skywalker's father, and just the light, like, how, it, sh- it, sh- it just shows that, like, every, it seems like the best bad guys, they they could just be any one of us. Sure, they're led astray, but they might be doing it for, you know, the wrong reason, sure, but they don't feel mm-hmm. that. And just how it's—he seems so distant, and like you couldn't really reach him, like in 
when we first saw him in A New Hope, but he felt so connected, like, wow, he's someone's father. And not just anyone's father, but a character who I cared about. Yeah. And you see this all go full circle when he brings balance back to the fourths in Return of the Jedi. Like, sure, he was the chosen one, and he may not have been the way that the Jedi foresaw that, like, to bring balance to the force. But in his way, he did bring balance to the force. Because it was all good going on? Yeah. There was a whole bunch of good going on, and then he just brought in a negative kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, and he just redeemed himself. Yeah, man. Um, well, my my uh, my third pick yeah. is uh, Ivan Drago, Rocky IV. Um, not only that, uh, this dude is... He's what you call it. He's just... He's a killer, man, and he got away with it. That's why he couldn't fight in the United States anymore. That's why I realized about that movie that he killed somebody in the United States. And I guess the what's that what's that thing that they have around? Like say like if I was to go to uh, what's the place? I think it's Costa Rica. If I was to kill somebody or do something wrong in uh, America, if I was to go to Costa Rica, they can't they can't ship me. Costa Rica would not ship Oh, the extradition. Yeah, extradition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, I guess the Russia was... Uh, you can't... Oh, yeah, because Snowden is over there. Snowden's over there. He, he can't get extradited to United States for his crimes against United States because uh, Russia's like, no, nah, we don't do that kind of stuff. And he was... Uh, Yo, know, he killed uh, Apollo Creed, man. Killed him in the ring. And then the crazy thing is that they try to warn him, say, yo, man, hey, this guy's about to die. And he said, if he dies, he dies. Which was the coolest line, <laughs> even though it was like, it's not well thought out. <laughs> like, while you're writing the script or whatever, it's like, if he dies, he dies. Like, all right. <laughs> but his delivery of that line yeah. was, it's like, that it was cold as hell, man. It was cold. And there's nothing better, there's nothing better about a villain than when you see him fall. Because when that, that fight happens and you see that Rocky is uh, teeing off on him, man, you just get so excited. It's a cool-ass movie. And it's also, I mean, it's USA versus Russia. Yeah. Like, that's At the height of the Cold War. At the height right. of the Cold War. And then you, War, you, know, you had the, the Miracle on Ice happen, uh, which was like probably the, the greatest sports story of all time. Mm-hmm. And then this is like another interpretation of that. It's like yeah. the underdog <laughs> American going against this giant Russian. Dude, I mean, Rocky was training in the snow, man. He was training to snow. He had logs on his back, man. It was and, a- <laughs> and you like compare that to how Ivan was training. He was like in a gym, controlled gym. environment, scientists yeah. all around him. So you have like a guy like Rocky, just yeah. training like you would like in the eighteen hundreds, hundreds like flipping logs and yeah. just running. It was nature versus science. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a cool. Yeah, it was just like he's a cool ass villain, even though he didn't even have anything to say. But he had a hot chick with him. What's her name, man? She was hot at that time. Yeah, she was hot at that time. Kinda, I mean, kinda... we're dating this movie. We're dating. We're dating this. Uh, my my number three pick. Like his his chick was hot. Uh, she was his voice, right? She was like his uh, manager, his wrestling manager. He was like, the ultimate. Like, I think I think she was like the spokesperson. Maybe. Yeah, because she spoke. She spoke more yeah. than he did, and and on his behalf too. Yeah, and on top and of she that, she dated Flavor Flav. <laughs> Dude, she was really tall. I didn't know that she was that tall. Yeah. She dated uh, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yeah. While that movie was being made, she dated Sylvester Stallone. She was tall, man. She was also in uh, Beverly Hills Cop, too. Yeah. Well, whatever her name was, man. She was hot in the 80s. She was the hottest thing. Don't know what happened to her. 
Just the living Page. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my third pick, um, for anyone who knows me, this is pretty obvious, the Joker from The Dark Knight, mm. uh, played by Heath Ledger. I still think that's probably like one of the best interpretations of the Joker on film. Um, so good, so, so, so good of a villain and so good of a performance that it won the Academy Award for it. Don't don't start Pat. Pat's just, already <laughs> Pat, Pat's already moving his lips because he's about to ask me. Oh, did he get it because he died? Yeah, yeah. He beat me too. I was thinking did. that too. You thinking that too? Yeah. I think he well, got it because he died. Well, okay. Yeah. Well, the fact that it got nominated, I mean, that's pretty big, right? Well, actually, plenty of villains got nominated. You're one of your villains. Yeah. Ended up winning two. Yo, he but won still. two for the same character. Yo, <laughs> two for the same character. But um, I mean, the Joker. Back, what, what year was it that that movie came out? 2008? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That was the most talked about character that I don't, I don't even want to say that year. I think those, those two, three years that the movie came out, like everyone talked about how that was like the coolest um, villain. It was the most common Halloween costume we saw. Oh, hell yeah. To this date, <laughs> to this date, man. That shit, yo, because. I remember when they came out, there was... Oh, how many Jokers... How many renditions of Jokers were there? There was some people who There were was the purple like, suit. There was the nurse. The nurse Joker. Um, there was uh, him without the jacket. Mm-hmm. There was him at the bank scene. Yeah, and as, as the cop without Dude, the face paint. The cop. People wearing three-piece suits dressed as Joker and stuff. It's like, yo, there was just so much. And it was just so many... I mean, it was the most used uh, Halloween outfit. But I think this was like the first, uh, the first Joker that I saw that like really, like made me freeze in my seat when I saw the film. When I saw him slam that guy's table, uh, slam that guy's face onto the table onto the mm-hmm. pencil, like that, I was like, okay, I'm sold. Like you got me. I'm fucking terrified right now. Um, I think it was more really just Heath Ledger's performance rather than the character itself that really um, pushed me to put him on uh, on this top five list. Um, this was the first Joker that we saw that really he wanted to kill people. He just really wanted to murder. Uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker was awesome, but it was more goofy. And um, he, at the end of the movie, you realize he just he wants to kill the people, but by gassing them. Um, this one just wants to like murder each person individually. Yeah, they want and the money. No, he didn't want money. He, he didn't wanted. Want he just kill. burned all that money. Yeah. that pile. While like, the guy was still at the top of that money yeah. pile. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that just shows you how evil he is. It's not about the money. It's just you know it's it's him just trying to take over taking taking over the city, um, like a like in the typical villain fashion. Um, but yeah, I mean I think there's a lot of people out there that know that this name was gonna somehow pop up on one of our lists. Uh, what about your number two, Chris? My number two is Hans Gruber from Die Hard One. Nice. Nice. Got to go with a classic <laughs> and one of the best. You look at, I'm sure you look at any like list of the best villains. He's almost always at, and then he's at least in the top three of every yeah. one of these. And just what a villain! Like he had so much class. Even like, it's like a, you're wearing that suit. I have like two myself. And it's like it's a suit. Who knows? Like the tailor of a suit. I mean, geez, and just charisma. Like just and just the presence he had. Even even when um. Bruce Willis stumbles upon him, like stumbles upon him. He doesn't know that he's a bad guy, and he's he changes the way he talks and acts like just a scared person who's at the party. And like, it's like he, he's right behind you. Just got the gun. Oh no! And and you know that was that actor's breakout role. Really? Yeah, that was wow. his first 
like de- that was like his debut in film. That was a really fucking. That's awesome the guy from out. Harry Potter, right? Yeah. yeah, and Snape. Yeah, that was a really good breakout role. I remember him in uh, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> That's my favorite movie that he's ever made. <laughs> Even more than Die Hard. No, 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 no. I Boom. can't, you know, but I liked him in uh, what you call it. But, um, man, you know what? That just plays off of that whole thing where I said about uh, the the guy from uh, Inglourious Bastards, man. You see how both of them, like, you see how Bruce Willis' character is compared to his. It was like two parallels, man. That's basically like when you know so much that you want to change something when you don't know nothing at all and you're just doing you're just doing your regular job kind of shit. Bruce Willis is like the every guy man, like the everyday guy, right? And Hans Zimmer is like this intelligent dude, probably plays chess, knows everything, got all this money. <clears throat> yeah, man, there's two parallels right there. Somebody who's born rich to somebody who's uh, not born rich at all, man. <laughs> It's like uh, it's like going against Donald Trump, man, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> you do not want to get me started talking po- politics, Pat. Uh, oh, let me go with mine. Um, Wait, so that was your number two? Yeah. And then Pat, what's yeah, my mind? number two is uh, T-1000. I think I, I put 10,000 on my... <laughs> I added too many zeros. You got an to upgrade. My, <laughs> added too many zeros to my list. But, um, yeah, I put T-1000 because uh pretty much, I think it was because of the movie. Because that was the first time I ever seen, like, the end of the world. <laughs> when they showed that whole uh, atomic bomb being uh, dropped on that playground or whatever. And T-1000, his whole uh, demeanor, the fact that he doesn't smile, he doesn't do any of that stuff. And he'll just come at you with the blade or whatever. He no remorse. To, yeah. Just bam. You know, you shoot at him, he's just still running at you and stuff. <laughs> I remember being a little kid playing that kind of game when we were on, like, bikes and stuff. Like, somebody would be, like, T-1000, and they would just run at you, and you act like you shoot at them, and they'll just do the little arm thing, and they just keep on running. You're like, it's so coming! It's so coming! <laughs> Yo, that thing, it was, it was like, that was the that was a cool thing to do, man. And then when he had that cameo in... Uh, Wayne's World. Wayne's World? No, nah, no, nah, I was thinking uh, Last Action Hero. Oh yeah, yeah. He had a cameo yep, in both yep. of those yeah, movies. Yeah, both. Really? Oh, he played the same character in in, uh, in Wayne's World. There's a scene where Wayne gets pulled over, and he you, you don't see him. You uh-huh. just see like his feet getting off of the motor the 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 police motorcycle, mm-hmm. and then he marches over to Wayne's car and he holds up a photo of the kid and he's like, "Have you seen this young man? Like, have you seen this kid?" Uh-huh. And Wayne Wayne just like looks straight at the camera. He breaks the fourth law and like the fourth wall and like. Screams and just takes off, and you see like the T one thousand like following him and shit. Yo, it was a cool movie, cool awesome. villain, man. And you know what? He is sometimes sympathetic too. No, yes, he is. When? How? When he? Okay, let me bring up this scene. There was one scene when uh, he killed the dog. No, but wait a minute. The guy in the helicopter. Did he not tell that guy in the helicopter? Yeah, to get, get out. out. But how was that sympathetic? But from like the guy, the guy is fucked for life. He the, probably, the guy probably died that. from that no, fall. He couldn't have because he fell on top of a police car. Oh yeah, that definitely was really saved high, him. But he was, he was high. high Something's air, broken. More than likely, you're not walking. Dude, that helicopter was parallel to the floor that they were on in the building, and that shit was high up, man. But he didn't no, was like kill him. Five though. Stories, he didn't kill like him. Fifty feet. He didn't kill him though. He was sympathetic, man. No, I don't think it, if the plane, if that helicopter was higher and that guy would have died, he wouldn't have been sympathetic. He wouldn't have cared. I think the guy. He just told him to get out because he needed the helicopter. Yeah, man. 
it saves okay. him the trouble of reaching over and pushing him out. Just does it himself. But th- with that movie, what sticks out to me the most with that character was um, when they they're breaking Sarah Connor out of the the mental hospital, yeah. and he has the gun, and it doesn't go through the bars. Oh yeah, it's just that quick little second shot when he flips it around. But it's like it's like this is so cool. He just walked through <laughs> like the, this, these bars, and oh wait, the gun didn't go, and just it didn't the, register. Yeah, uh, you know what I realized? Maybe he wasn't being sympathetic. It was his target is the kid. That's uh-huh. his target. Okay. Anything that is stopping him, he kills. If it's stopping him from reaching the target. That cop that was in that helicopter. Now we're getting into like conspiracy theories and shit. <laughs> that cop that was in that helicopter was trying to get to the kid in Arnold Schwarzenegger. So I think that was the reason why he didn't like chop off his head or anything. You get what? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like he stole the motorcycle. Remember, he stole the motorcycle from another cop. He didn't kill the cop. He just stole his motorcycle. But it was because like, like he wasn't in his way of well, getting we, the we kid. We didn't know that he. Well, that's stopped. true. They. they it was like, hey, that's a nice bike. But, like, the only people that he kills are, like, the kid's parents because he thought maybe the parents are going to try to protect the kid from... You, you know what I mean? Like, he only kills people that he thinks are going to get in his way. Every Everyone else, he just kind of, like, walks back by them. Like, when he goes into the arcade, he's just asking kids, have you seen this kid? Have you seen this kid? He doesn't kill them. He kills the guy in the hallway. Which guy? Remember, he's in the middle when the first time he squares off against Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. The guy with the coffee, with the glasses. Oh, yeah. Just... Shooting. Well, to be oh, to be shit. fair, he is the guy is between him, the T one thousand, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So you're Connor, right? He <laughs> he doesn't kill people who gets in the way. But so why did he kill that guy? Uh, I don't know. Well, I guess I seriously <laughs> believe that he was just sympathetic. Told the guy to get out, man. He why he was saying get out? He could have just liquid. He could have liquidated himself into the guy's body and suffocated him if he wanted to, but he didn't. He didn't do it. He could have. It would have been pretty awesome if he would have, but he didn't. And uh, the what you call it? What's the? I know when we were ha- we were having this conversation before about the because Chris believes that uh, what was the other one? What's the other chick? Oh, the T X from yeah. Terminator Three. He believes that that's a better uh, villain than my villain, but my villain her his whole body. So you'd much rather take his body over Christina Logan's body. No, I'm just saying, like, if you had to be a villain, <laughs> would you want to be the villain, uh, the chick villain who... Uh, Has a flamethrower in her arm, yeah. Nah, but check it. She she uh, she can't turn her whole body into liquid, man. Liquid, man. Liquid metal. Like, I'm talking about, like... She had liquid metal on her, though. A little bit. Just, like, a little bit. I'm talking about the full thing. We're talking about full Monty, man. Like... <laughs> If somebody's attacking you and it's like, oh man, I can't think of anything to do, so I'll just make another wall. Whoop. They just walk right by me. Compared to her, all she can do is just turn her hands into weapons. Sometimes a, a great defense is a great offense, you know what I mean? So sometimes uh, you just want to turn it into water <laughs> so people can just slip on you when they're running by because they can't see you. <laughs> That's why I think my villain is better than... Uh, than hers, even though I did like the fact that when she was at the the drive through, she did make her boobs bigger, which was funny. <laughs> she made herself um, more appealing. All right, my number two is Miss Nurse uh, Nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, mm. the remake that was with uh, Jack Nicholson. Um, I when I saw this movie, man, I cried at the end. 
and I fucking hated Nurse Ratched with all of my heart. She won an Academy Award for this role. Um, she was played by Louise Fletcher. And the reason why I think, you know, she deserves to be, like, top five uh, top villains is because she's a nurse. She's supposed to be the one person who's supposed to be, like, less scary than a doctor. Like, this is the person who comes and helps you out. Mm-hmm. Um if the if the doctor is who you're terrified of, the nurse is the person that you go to for like comfort or whatever. But this lady was the most evil fucking bitchy nurse ever, man. She had a poker face. She didn't she didn't want to hear anybody's story. If you you know Jack Nicholson throughout the whole movie is trying to prove that he's not crazy, she didn't want to listen to him. If you got on her nerves and she didn't like you, she just gave you a lobotomy and you were brain dead for the rest of your life. That's how evil this lady was, and she knew what she was, she was doing. She knew that she was giving lobotomies to people that didn't deserve it. That, to me, is fucking evil. You can't get more evil than that. Uh, super sick movie. Um, yeah, that was my number two. Did you say that was a remake? That was a remake, yeah. Really? The original version had, uh, starred uh, Kirk Douglas, Michael Douglas's dad. It was in black and white. Wow. Lots yeah. of every day. Yeah. How does that compare with the remake, though? Because I'm, I'm sure, like, myself, like, I always think about it as the Jack Nicholson version. Um, I don't think... I, I, I saw the, the original one, but I just don't remember it that well. I just don't remember the nurse being as evil, as portrayed as... Like, this lady deserved the Academy Award. If you watch that movie, <laughs> man, she really did... It, she did really uh, deserve that Academy Award. She really was, like, super sick. Um, all right. Now to number one. Chris, what's your number one? My number one is Goldfinger, played by Gert Frobe. Mm. And I picked Goldfinger because it seems like every villain that at least is memorable is kind of always compared to him. Because that villain was, I think, the first villain that was more interesting than the main character. Who stole the screen whenever he was on the screen. Like, all eyes were not on the main character, not on James Bond of all people. Not just any James Bond, but Sean Connery. You ask any Bond fan, Sean Connery was the best. Or at least top two. (laughs) And he just blew everyone away. And the funny thing was, he didn't even speak English. Or his accent was so bad. They actually had to feed him wines. Who was he played by? Gert Frobe. And he was the same guy to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. was also done by Albert Broccoli. Yeah. And written also by Ian Fleming. But yeah, it's just so crazy just how, like, you expect him to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. (laughs) Yo, I I can't believe that they had to actually feed him lines. Did he have any monologues? Because, yo, I haven't seen that movie in so long, man. I don't know about lines, but, like, he wouldn't say more than, like, a sentence or two, it seemed. Mm. Damn. That is amazing. And he's the most standout. Yeah, you know what he is. He is the most standout uh, Bond villain. Yeah, That's and even like your, your even about. your number five, uh, Kristoff. Like yeah. it's the kind of, he, he stole the show whenever he was there. But like I said, he he was the first villain to be like that. Mm-hmm. Was that something that um, that they wanted from him, or is that just something that he just brought to the table? That whole persona. I think it's something he brought because in the book, if I remember right, he's um, he's kind of like your average Bond 
villain oh. in the book. Like it's pretty similar to the book. Um, like he wants to blow up Fort Knox, mm-hmm. but it's a little different. There's a train scene, but he. It, I think if anything, it might have stood out more in the book. Jesus Christ! I gotta watch that movie again. I gotta go in there with fresh eyes, man, or new. What you call it? Yeah, fresh eyes. Yeah, and just pay attention to him as the villain. Is just how he's in every scene. It's just wow. And even when they're playing golf, it's like you know, mm-hmm. like it's like you know, like we first were introduced to him and Bond mm-hmm. back in Miami Beach at the hotel when he kills uh, the sister. Yeah, and he's playing go- golf with Bond, and they both cheat at that game. <laughs> it's, it's like he's like he hit a, b- a ball at the wrong hole or whatever, and Bond switches the balls even though Goldfinger also switched the balls. And yet, Goldfinger still paid him off at the end because he supposedly lost, even though they both kind of should have lost because yeah, they yeah. both cheated. But and you knew like neither like he knew that Bond was not up to no good. And this is like the second time in maybe a week or two that we bump into each other. Even he said this isn't a coincidence. He's like, "Why is that? You're not here to play golf." He told him that. Holy shit, Pat! What about your number one? My number one pick is um, Agent Smith from The Matrix. That's my number one pick, and I picked him because, um, just like every other Bond, every Bond or Buffy Bond villain, <laughs> just like every other villain, if you really think about it, he thinks what he's doing is right. Like you see the uh, the conversation, or uh, not really a conversation, because um, Morpheus not really saying anything, but the monologue that he's basically saying to Morpheus in the first movie about uh, how he hates human beings and how he needs to like. He wants to clean this. He wants to clean clean this whole thing, and he doesn't like anything that's going on here. He thinks what he's doing is right. But so, I think what he said about humans was actually kind of accurate. Yeah, we're like a virus. He's like, something? we're not mammals. Mammals create an equilibrium with their surroundings. There's only one other species, one other organism that is similar to us, and it's a virus where we overpopulate, we consume all the resources around us, and then we move to another area. Like that's pretty. That's pretty poetically sick. <laughs> I think. I think he's just a badass because he's able to dual wield desert eagles. Have oh, you? Have yeah. either of you fired one? No. I mean, yeah, it's, no, it's a I fifty can, caliber. Yeah, I, no, I can barely control it with two hands. I sh- I've shot guns all my life. Yeah. And just the fact of using one hand per gun. Wait a minute. You can't say. It. You can't give that. You can't give him that because. Um, who else I seen? Because I had this conversation with a friend of mine in high school. We were talking like it's about not this. impossible. I'm sure I could do it, but to. No. If you know a thing or two about handling firearms, it's next. It's pretty tough to control a firearm with two hands, let alone Laura one per Croft, hand. Laura Croft was uh, in the first, but no, and oh my gosh, in the first Laura Croft movie, she had two Desert Eagles, and she was carrying two Desert Eagles. Which um, that's when I was in high school. My friend who who was a uh, he was in the he was in the guns, and he was like, "That can't happen." Say, so, "Yo, they'll shatter her wrist." Say she shoots one boom, one wrist gone. She shoots another one, other wrist gone. Say she, yo, she's out of commission. No, oh, well, yeah. your friend's a moron. <laughs> well, I mean, he was. In, he it's said, highly Ill- unlikely. It's not impossible. It's just not practical. Oh, because he was like, yo, she she's carrying two desert eagles, and she was over here doing backflips and everything. Well, you can change the barrels. Maybe she they gave her like a three fifty seven barrel. Maybe she wasn't shooting the fifty caliber. Mm. Yeah. That was his whole thing, and I was like, wow, man. I mean, it's a gun, man. That's all I saw. It's a cool-looking gun, man. <laughs> it's a cool fucking villain. That was the first time I think I saw Hugo Weaving. Like, I was introduced yeah. to that actor, because I didn't know who that actor was before that movie. 
Yeah, and then he did uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, he was. There was a stint that there was a time that he was just doing nothing but all these trilogy movies. I think around that same time he was just doing nothing but trilogy movies. Like he did that, then he jumped into the Matrix or something you know, stylized like uh, V for Vendetta. Yeah, but he got into V for Vendetta because of like, the Walskinskis. Yeah, because of uh, I think they started off with somebody else in the beginning of the movie, and then they went to him later on. But it was like. Uh, they didn't film as much as they did with the other guy. And then they just got this guy because the other guy wanted some FaceTime. And they were like, nah, but your character, we never see your face. We like, well, I'm out of the movie. So <laughs> he was like, fuck it, let me join in. And Which he just got him. Because his voice was awesome. Yeah. Uh, my number one was actually already mentioned uh, during this segment. It's Hannibal Lecter. Um, Hannibal Lecter is my favorite villain of all time because... Um, kind of like what Pat was saying earlier, where you know he talked about a villain that was um, multicultural and super intelligent. That's exactly what Hannibal Lecter is. When I was a kid growing up, you know, my mom—I don't know why—but she told me like the most dangerous people are the smartest ones. Like it's you know like doctors, people that work in like in pharmaceutical companies, people that create things that can kill us. Those are like the most dangerous people. And I felt like Hannibal Lecter was like one of those people. Like he was so smart that he was always like 10 steps ahead of the the protagonist and the fact that he studied psychology so he could get into your mind uh-huh. um he worked directly with the fbi so he knew the system and he knew how to always be 10 steps ahead even though edward norton eventually gets him but still he even when he's locked up he's still winning that to me is fucking evil the fact that you can contain him but you can't because his mind as long as his mind is still working He's got you. Yeah. I love how it's in that the movie, the the remake, um, for a Red Dragon. Like, how did you catch him? Like, let him kill me, or yeah. something. He's like, wow. It's like the only way. To, and then the kind of the, one of the only ways that Harry was ever captured in that movie. <laughs> what, so he really let him kill. He really. Loved but that's him. how it start. Like the movie starts off. It's yeah, a, like Edward Norton basically. Um, spoiler alert for who, anyone who hasn't I seen Red seen Dragon. It. But um, movie night. You can <laughs> yeah, man. The movie I th- is I, it on HBO I, I on demand or Netflix? Yeah. Ask me on something on demand. But um, Edward Norton figures out that uh, Hannibal. But he figures out like last minute he, as he's there. Like like he's he goes to Hannibal Lecter's house and tells him like, oh, I think we've been going about this this search wrong because we're looking for this person when really. This the person that we really should be looking for is actually eating his victims. We've been going about this all wrong. And he's like, really? Why do you think that? And you know, he gives off his reasons. Hannibal Lecter leaves the room, and when he leaves the room, um, they happen to be like in his library. So Edward Norton is like looking at his books, and he notices there's like pages that are saved. They have the, like little tabs, and when he looks them up, it's like like recipes, like on like certain parts of the body to use and like how to cook them. And all in how to serve them, and that's when he realizes, oh shit, it's Hannibal! Like it's him, and he's working with this. He's working with the FBI, and then when he turns around, Hannibal Lecter like attacks him and like stabs him, and he stabs him, and he does one of the coolest things that I've seen in another movie where Hannibal Lecter stabs him, and he's explaining to him what he's feeling, like he's explaining to him what what's gonna happen next. Like, okay, you're feel you're gonna feel this. It's don't worry, it's painless. This is like a painless death. You're not gonna feel anything. You're now going to be going into shock or whatever. And Edward Norton, by luck, is able to pop off a couple rounds 
he shoots Hannibal Lecter, right? Or does uh, he stab him? I, I remember something with an arrow. Like, he grabs some arrows. Oh, yeah. I think he shot him with, like, a crossbow or no, something. No, no, like, no. Um, it, what the it was, fuck? It was like, it, no, no. It, it was. <laughs> they're both on the ground. And. I think there's some, some arrows by his fireplace or something, and he just reaches over. I, I, I also kind of remember him getting shot, too, because I don't know which is which. <laughs> I think he got shot. Someone got shot. <laughs> and then that's basically how he catches Hannibal Lecter. Like, and that's, how the, and that's how the movie starts. Just to get him. That's the start of the movie. And, yeah. and the end of the movie is is the, the beginning, beginning of, of Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it, set, it sets up. It shows, uh, what's his name, uh, George, the, the guy who watches over him at the mental hospital. Hey, there's a attractive FBI agent who wants to talk to you. And then he's like, oh, but I'll, I'll, I'll just let her know that you're not interested or something. And then he's about to exit the room, and Hannibal Lecter like wait what's her name and then the movie ends because the next movie starts with her walking in and he says hello Clarice it's like, that's funny <laughs> and speaking of Hopkins like uh, he did an interview fairly recently wishing that he never did the like the last two Hannibal movies like that movie and um, well the the one that Ridley Hannibal. Scott did Hannibal really yes yeah. yo from what I hear uh, the Hannibal series that whole series of movies there's really nobody who said that, like there was a weak one in the bunch. I've only seen the Silence of the Lamb. I think Hannibal might have been the weakest one. Yeah, is to that me the that, one that he was young. No, no. Um, that, the, that one doesn't count because he's not in the, the he's not in the Hannibal Rising film. Oh, okay. But in Hannibal, um, it's funny because the movie is primarily about him, but. It's it's just not as suspenseful and it's not as gripping as Silence of the Lambs. It's more of a torture porn. Yeah, it really? just, it but Gary Ullman was awesome in that movie. Gary Ullman was the guy in the wheelchair that was like scarred. His face was all like all fucked up. He was cool. But Hannibal Lecter, I don't know. There was just, I don't know. I do admit when uh, he's eating her boss's brain. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was, and he actually he fed it to, it to him. And like, the at, at the end, of, like the, the last shot, like scene in the movie, is like the the kids like, "What's that?" And like, I don't think you like that. You know, I actually saw that. I saw the end of that movie. You know, I have a. I have this thing about watching the end of movies. <laughs> oh, I have this thing about watching the end of movies. I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just uh, watch the end of movies because it just comes out on HBO or something. I'm like, oh, what movie is this? Then I find out once the credit roll, I'm like, oh, okay, this is Hannibal. Okay. So you saw the scene. Wait, wait, have you seen the movie Hannibal? No. I haven't, haven't seen, seen the movie, but you I've saw only when he fed the kid the brain. Yeah. I've only seen Silence of the Lamb. I know there was one scene that uh, he cuts off his own hand. In one of those movies? Yeah. It was that, that one. Was it's how he frees himself because Clarissa, she yeah. handcuffs him to herself yeah. and he trapped her under, like, in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And he chopped off. Chopped but off but you think arm. that he chopped off Clarissa's arm. Yeah. Yeah, because of how she reacts. When he, when and he even said it, it's, it's going to hurt. Damn. And that, that was a Ridley Scott movie. Really? Yeah. Have you seen the, the pictures from uh, uh, the Prometheus? Set the alien con- covenant yeah. movie. Yeah, have no. you seen it? It looks kind of a. Uh, it looks kind of a uh, what you call it? Like, uh, man, what's the name of that movie? Mm, what's the name of the movie that had a uh, uh, Harrison Ford in it? Blade Runner. Blade Runner ish. It was just one scene, but you see, like there was smoke coming out of a, a vent that. <laughs> Don't know what the fuck is going on over there, and it was like uh, it was like a, a long hallway. I'm like, oh man, this is supposed to be the other planet. I'm looking forward to it. Actually, the the villain from uh, Blade Runner, 
he's a pretty cool villain too yeah he was a cool especially villain. that last monologue yeah he was a good actor um alright so that's uh, that sums up our top uh, five films how are we on time Pat oh <laughs> is it about that time yeah man it's been that it's been about that time a long yeah. time ago yeah all right, uh, so we just wanted to thank Chris for being on our show. Thanks for having he me. He will definitely be on more episodes, especially when we do our top five war films. War films. And I think there's not a lot of them. So we You'd be surprised. No, there's a lot of war films. Really? Yeah. You'd be surprised. Oh, maybe maybe, in, maybe in recent years. But if you look back, a lot. See, I haven't seen that many. A lot. I'm get. I got Patton on. One, uh, he's on my list. That's somewhere. that's all I need to watch. That's my number one, that's my number one right there. Just to. Oh, that's your number one. Yeah. Well, I'll see if I can find something else. I don't but know. but that that's the best. <laughs> Robin Williams. What's that movie that he was in? Uh, Good Morning Vietnam. That's a war movie. It's yeah, it is right. It was it's about sure it was in Vietnam, but he was. Yeah, it was war times, man. I mean, we got. Should up. should anybody we'll laugh? Establish should anybody <laughs> laugh that much though in a war film? Well, I mean, there's comedy war films too. There's there's comedic war there's films. There's in the army. Like Tropic Thunder. There's in the navy. In the army. And what's mm-hmm. that movie with uh, Pauly Shore? That in the army. Yeah, could do that one. Yeah. The Weasel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, I'll take it easy. Uh, I have been Pat. This is Kev, and I'm Chris. All right, peace. <laughs>